Good morning, all you gardening cats and gators. Hey, I hope you all had a wonderful 4th of July. My 4th of July was great because I got to watch adventure movies really loud (laughs) so that uh, little Izzy and Leo didn't get too scared by all those firecrackers. And uh, we also listened to some really great loud music. (laughs) I went to sleep with Mozart. So uh, it was fun, and uh, my pups made it through with no no serious problems. I don't think it was as boomy as normal this year, so uh, really happy about that. Hey, I I really enjoyed uh, doing the talk at Sky Nursery last Saturday, and uh, something so strange happened. It was like old home week. So many friends were in the audience, so... uh, it was pretty amazing. I saw an old uh, military buddy I haven't seen for 20 years showed up, which was great, and another friend with him that I haven't seen for about that long. And uh, one of Mary's best uh, high school friends was there <laughs> with her whole family, friends from uh, Indianola, uh, friends from my neighborhood. It was just a blast, and the talk was really a lot of fun. So uh, thanks, everybody, for for coming to my talk at Sky Nursery, and thanks for having me out there. I really had a great time. So uh, that was wonderful. Hey, so uh, Monday, I'll be on New Day. I'm on every other week, although we had to skip for a little hiatus there. But uh, So I'll be on Monday, and I'm going to be talking about lobelias. There are so many cool lobelias now, and uh, there's really a lot of variety in these. They're in the, um, oh, what is it? Uh, I'll think of it in a minute, which family of plants they're in. But uh, it they are amazing plants that I just love. So I've got 8 billion different varieties in my garden. So it might be fun to watch that one. I always have a good time. That's at 11 on King 5. Tuesday, I'm doing something really special, but I'm not sure. I don't think you'll be able to tune in for it, but uh, I'm going to be on a show called On Point. It's an NPR nationally distributed radio show, and it's out of Boston. And every year they do an annual gardening show, and somehow I got chosen to be on this national show, so... It'll be on at 8 o'clock. You could probably get it as a podcast, I would think. And uh, so I'm really excited about this. We'll be answering questions and having a good time. I think there's three of us that will be on it. And uh, so I'm I'm really honored that they chose me. Oh, la, la. <laughs> That's at 8 a.m. I'll, I'll have to try and figure out a way you can listen to that. Maybe I'll put it on my website or something. But uh and, uh, okay, and uh, let me see. There's a couple of big things going on. Oh, hey, the next talk, people have been asking me, when are you giving your next talk? So uh, let me see when that is exactly. It's on Whidbey Island, and it's at the Whidbey Island Fair. So that's Sunday, July 21st at 1 p.m. So that's a couple of weeks away, I guess, but uh, that'll be a lot of fun couple of events I wanted to let you know about. And uh, by the way, I'm flying solo today. So if you want to call, feel free and zip right in if you're the first couple of callers. 
one triple eight nine seven three Cairo, one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. And uh so uh, there's a couple of really good looking uh things coming up that I wanted to let you know about. One is basic tree pruning taught by Ingula Weinerstand from Plant Amnesty. And I probably just massacred her name, but uh, <laughs> but uh, she's supposed to be really good from what I heard. And so it's organized with the Bellevue Botanical Garden. So that's Wednesday, July 17th, 630 to 830 p.m. And uh, she's going to uh, cover basic cuts and tree physiology. And that's really helpful to know that stuff uh, when you're doing tree pruning. And then she's going to do basics on fruit tree and Japanese maple pruning. So uh, I know so many people, they are absolutely terrified to prune their Japanese maple. And I can understand why. These things aren't cheap. They're very valuable, especially as they get bigger. But if you don't keep them under control, the problem is that uh, they can get way too, too big really fast, and then you end up faced with trying to get them back into a size you could deal with. And uh, quite often, people end up taking them out. You don't want to have that happen. So if you start from the beginning, I have a red dragon, uh, Japanese lace leaf weeping maple, right in front of my house. I planted about 32 years ago, and it's still under four feet tall. And uh, it doesn't look hacked back or chewed up or anything that can happen if you try and make a big tree little. That never works. But if you start with a small tree and keep it small, you can really keep it small and uh, and beautiful. And But you want to prune in a natural way. And uh, I'm sure that uh, this talk will cover that. So that's July 17th, 630 to 8.30 p.m. And that's over at the Bellevue Botanical Garden, okay? Hey, uh, another really neat-sounding thing that I've been involved in before is the uh, 2019 Edmonds and Bloom Garden Tour. So uh, Edmonds and Bloom was a contest between all these uh, different gardens the first year that I was involved in. It was the very first one they did where they they won awards depending on how cool their gardens looked. So it was kind of a contest, and it was really fun being a judge. And it took really a lot of my time, and I was so busy, I couldn't do it again, but I loved it. I loved the experience meeting the people, seeing their gardens. But this is their uh, garden tour, so I guess it's not a contest this year. So this is Sunday, July 21st. And it goes from 11 to 4 p.m. And uh, so it sounds like the six gardens in Edmonds are really spectacular. So um, I just recommend going to this if you want to have a nice afternoon. And, you know, the fun thing about going to garden tours, you get so many ideas. You see new plants you never saw. You see combinations to die for. See how problems solved. Uh, you know, people that live there solve problems that drive them crazy. So, uh, okay, so that's pretty good. So I had the uh, the shoot for the cover of my new book. They did a photo shoot. Those are the only two pictures in my book, by the way. <laughs> one on the front, one on the back. But uh, they're all short stories about gardening. 
So Cheryl sent me an email. No, it wasn't Cheryl. It was Denny. And she said, when is your book coming out? Well, it's coming out. It's scheduled to come out January 21st. I was hoping it would come out before Christmas. No way. That's my fault. <laughs> Took me a while to write this thing, you know. But uh, so January 21st, it should hit the bookstores. And uh, the name of it is Oh La La, Homegrown Stories, Tips, and Garden Wisdom from Cisco Morris. Oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> I'm so excited that it's all done. I'll get another look at it when they send me the completed book, but there uh, won't be any more rewrites or anything like that, so I'm very excited. I don't really want to read that book again myself. <laughs> I've read it a few times with these rewrites and everything, but it's been really, really fun, and I'm really excited that it's coming out January 21st. So, Okay. So listen, I think we'll take a break, but uh, hey, we got all open lines, so I hope somebody gives me a call, but I do have some emails that are pretty interesting, but uh, the number is one 973 cairo Hey, right back on Speak of the Devil, Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Okay, welcome back. Hey, let's go right to Auburn right now. Molly, what's going on in Auburn? Hi, hi, Molly. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Um, so I am having just an awful time this year with uh, bugs with white fly, Ooh. and uh, I've tried the safer products, you know, Spraying them and stuff, and uh, uh, my pumpkin plants. The the blooms on the pumpkin plant just has all this black. I don't know if it's eggs or what all over it. Oh. And I think my garden is just lost. I don't. I don't know what oh. to do. Well, hey, we're not going to give up that easy here. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, you know, white flies tough. It's really tough to get rid of. I think I would try neem oil. So okay. you can you can and buy that at nurseries, and uh, they also call it rose defense. And um, so, I think the key is uh, you've got to be really persistent because white flies have four or five different stages, life stages. And in some of them, you can't kill them. doesn't matter what you do. So what you got to do is spray off enough that when they change from a life, from a, they go into these dormant states that you just can't get rid of them. So when they, when they come out of that and become active, that's when you want to get them. So you're going to have to spray about every week for a while. But if you do that, oh, okay. you'll get those white flies. But you gotta just you gotta be persistent. Stay after them. Uh, now, on the that's really weird. It sounds like on the pumpkin. Yeah, it sounds like bow-legged aphids, and they're big black aphids, and they're a lot of people think they're seeds. Now, yeah, are, it kind of looks like something like that. Yeah. Now, just to make sure. Uh, 
have you you sh- if you can see if you can wrestle up a uh, magnifying glass somewhere because if you can get a really close look at an aphid you'll be sure you'll know right what it is they look like little dune buggies they've got some exhaust pipes in the back <laughs> they've got antennas <laughs> in the front and uh six legs you want to be sure that's what you're dealing with and because there are some kinds of ferns that uh they sporulate by kind of exploding their spores. They're not; they're more of a fungus thing than a fern, I guess I'd call them. But they blast their spores, and the, the spores look like little black seeds, and they stick to anything. I've seen them stuck to windows, sides of houses. You could have that. Oh my! So you want to? You need a close look to make sure you know what you've got. If they are they And what would get rid of that? Yeah. Well, if well you can't. You just live with that. It won't matter. They're not they're nothing to worry about. They're just they look horrible when Will they, they hit hurt a house. The pumpkins? No, not if they're the, not if they're the spores. They won't sporulate and get oh. into the pumpkin or anything. They just look kind of dorky. <laughs> yeah, cuz the flower bloom is just like black. Almost almost oh completely black. Well, you could have aphids on there. This now I'm going to tell you the bummer of bummers. Okay, well maybe not. Are they only on the flowers? Uh, yeah. Well, that yeah. Is, and I and I put like fungicide. You know, I sprayed the the fungicide all over the whole garden and everything. And well, fungicides. It's just crazy. I've never seen them much. this bad before. No, I th- well. It, if if you find out they're aphids, then here's what I would probably do. I would probably try and find the flowers. You know the difference between the female flowers and the male flowers on a pumpkin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the female's oh, got that little pumpkin for under everybody it. else. <laughs> well, <laughs> what so you got to do. The female has a little pumpkin? Yeah. So you got to find some of the okay. males that don't have a pumpkin, and it doesn't matter if they're covered with aphids or whatever they are. It doesn't matter. So rub some of that pollen on the thing that's sticking out the middle of the female uh, right. pumpkin flower. Yeah, and I was, I was looking for that, and then I wasn't sure. You know, I wasn't sure if it if they would still uh, pollinate it. You I know, think, if I tried to do that, I think they will. And that, that's what you've got to hope for because you're going to be cutting these flowers off your pumpkin like crazy. Just keep, just keep as many as, as you've pollinated. Get rid of the rest so that this thing doesn't just keep spreading all over your pumpkin because you can't really blast them off with water without ruining the flower anyway. So, and that's what I would use. Yeah. So uh, see if you can get some pumpkins growing if they're well pollinated, they should start to grow. And I don't think the aphids are going to even try and get into a little pumpkin. And then uh, you're going to get okay. all the flowers that are so infected off there, you know. But get and them pollinated go, first. Where should I do something special with them, like freeze them or anything, or can I just throw them in the compost? Or well, I would the ones uh, that I'm I throwing would, away. You know, El Kabatsky pest control. 
That's where you insert the no. insect between thumb and forefinger, and you have to yell El Kabatsky as you squish. <laughs> well, this is going to be a modified El Kabatsky you're going to do. Practice your flamenco dancing because you're going to put a size 7 El Kabatsky on these guys. Stomp the livid tweedle out of them. Turn them into uh, aphid marmalade, you know. So, yeah, you want to you wanna make sure that, you huh? stomp the tweedle out of them. And uh, look under the leaves of your pumpkin because aphids will hide under there, and they have live young. They can build up population so fast. So if there are under there, you can either do a modified El Kabatsky, squish them with your fingers, or you could hold the leaf in your free hand and with your whole hose nozzle in your other hand, start on the shower setting and start gentle and up the ante and blow those aphids off. If you blow the aphids off the leaf, you've killed them. They're so soft-bodied. But everyone you miss is a baby factory, so... You've got to do this quite often, too, at least three times in a row, three days apart. And then I think you might have this problem under control. Okay. Thank you so much. I was just like, I just don't know what to do. It's just crazy. I've never seen so many bugs. Well, I've been getting emails. And we have a garden every year. I've been getting emails about that as bow-legged aphid. People are sending me emails going, hey, there's... Uh, you know, bow-legged aphid uh, all over my artichoke is the one I got today. And, um, oh, my God, he sent a picture. I couldn't believe my eyes. There were so many of these black aphids on the artichoke. And I told them, get out there with your hose and blast these suckers off, you know. and you. But persistence, again, is the, is the key because everyone you miss is going to be popping babies just as fast as you've ever seen. So... All right, Molly, get out oh. there. You got to get to work right now. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, Molly, thanks a lot for the call. See you later. Bye bye. Okay, hey, listen, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Janet from Issaquah, we're going to pop you on 97.3 Cairo FM, the best gardening station in the state. All right, to Issaquah we're going now. Hey, Janet, welcome. Hi, Cisco. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Um, I'm a fellow fellow Brussels sprout enthusiast, by Uh, the way. (laughs) You must be intelligent and (laughs) good-looking. Well, thank you. Um, (laughs) My question is, I am taking out an old snowball bush, and I want to replace it with a tree that also has flowers that won't get as bushy and and tall. Um, and I don't want a dogwood because I already have one in the front yard. So I'd like something else that would, it's full sun okay. and something petite, you know, miniature. Well, I, I have a couple ideas. One is Lagerstromia. Lagerstromia okay. is Cape Myrtle. And Cape Myrtle, there's a billion uh different types, and mm-hmm. uh, 
they're wonderful, wonderful plants, and they bloom in fall, which is really cool in my opinion. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, you know, if you go to your favorite, go to a really quality nursery and talk about the different kinds of these myrtles you can get. And if if you find, you know, there some of them have spectacular bark, but some get taller, some some stay smaller. So, okay. uh, so that's one choice. Another right. tree that I love is witch hazel. Now, witch hazels bloom in the middle of winter, but they get great fall color. So do those myrtles, by the way. And okay. uh, but the thing about witch hazels, they bloom in the middle of winter, and they have these. Uh, flowers that look like little spiders all over them, but they're quite showy. So it's kind of really something really different in your garden. And a lot of them won't get over 12 feet. Okay, and that they, sounds... Yeah, they're they're really neat. I love them. I have one called Jelena with orange flowers, but there's a bunch of different good ones. Again, you'd really want to talk to your nursery person and make sure oh. you're getting the color and everything you want. And, right. Um, Do they does witch hazel grow like a tree? I always thought it was more of a shrub. No. Well, they'll they'll get there are witch hazels that can get thirty feet tall, but most oh. of the uh, new um, hybrids only get about twelve feet. But they look like a little tree. Okay. And uh, some yeah, of the cape myrtles, uh, some of those myrtles uh, have dark red uh, foliage too. So you got a choice oh, beautiful. of those. And then uh, one other one uh, that I was just uh, thinking about is uh, Cotinus or red bud, or uh, uh, smoke trees, I mean. And smoke trees, uh, they come in a lot of different sizes. And most of them will get up there till oh, they can reach, you know, 20 feet tall. But my favorite one is the golden one. It's called Golden Spirit. It is really beautiful with yellow flowers, loves full sun, and it gets these really pretty smoky flowers on them. It's just a really cool tree. So, And it, it's a pretty slow grower because the yellow leaves don't make a lot of, um, you know, they don't have a lot of photosynthesis in those leaves compared to a green one. There's not as much chlorophyll. So they're oh. they're pretty cool, too. I mean, it would be a hard choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are these are three that I didn't didn't think of. I didn't even know Crepe Myrtle once grew here, so I have always loved that. Oh, yeah. That yeah, look. Crepe Myrtles so. are really cool. So... Uh, well, I'll you know, investigate all three. In, investigate all three. I got to admit, the crepe myrtles that I got with dark red leaves, they barely, they suffered a little in the winter, but they're looking good now. So they came back like gangbusters and did really well. And just one last suggestion would be a Japanese sure. maple. They're wonderful. They come in so many varieties. But if you're putting them in full sun, make sure that it's one Make sure how tall it's going to get, and make sure that uh, it can take full sun. Not all Japanese maples can, and they don't look good if if uh, you put them in full sun and they don't like it. Yeah, we've got one in the front yard, and it's doing great. It loves it there, and it's full sun there. So 
we must have made the right choice on that one. Good. That's good. <laughs> that, you know, it always feels good when you get it right, you know. So, <laughs> so those are some really neat trees, though, that I think uh, would really look cool. I'm going to give you one more option. Sure. And that is, uh, there are dwarf elm trees. There's dwarf kinkos and dwarf elm trees, both that are really cool. And one I really like is called seju, S-E-J-U-E or something, seju. Okay. And uh, it's, they have little teensy leaves, and uh, they're, they're dwarfs, so they're nice and slow growing, but they have a tree form. Ooh, they're pretty cool. Uh-huh. They're really okay. neat. They're a little hard to find, but look around. You might see one. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Good luck. Someday let me okay. know what you got, okay? I will. All right, <laughs> <Take care>. Jenna. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. I think, um, okay, Jared, we're going to go right to you in Issaquah. Welcome. Thanks for calling. Yeah, hey there, Cisco. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you betcha. Awesome. Hey, I've got my roadies, and I've got the lacy lug, lacy leaf bugs all over in them. I've been out there blasting them with water the last week, almost every night, and they just come back you know, yeah. day after day. Oh, it's man. Amazing. I've tried neem oil. I've tried neem oil once, but I probably uh, need to do that more than once. Yeah. Any, I... any thoughts on that? Well, here's the problem. We, we've we had lace bug in uh, western Washington for years, and it's a real pain. You get those tarry spots. The front of the leaves start to look all yellowy and spotted, and they're yeah. just horrible. But but you only needed to spray once because it was only one generation of the insect. Now, lace bug, which has those lacy wings, if you get a chance to see them, they uh, they have multiple generations, so they're driving people nuts. It's a new one that moved into our area. So if yeah. neem will get them, but you got to do it almost weekly to keep your roadies looking great. It's okay. it's a real pain, and you got to get under the leaves really well with it. But it's probably yeah. the safest yeah. thing you could spray. I don't think water's going to do it. These things... Well, they're so soft, I was thinking maybe it's just killing them because you could just rub your finger on them, they... Yeah, well, you could, you know, and it... Yeah, so I, water I might, but the, but I'll tell you, you'd have to... Problem. Oh, God, you'd have to hit every leaf. No. And, uh, and they'll come back. It, I don't think it is. I probably have 10 different generations going on or more. No. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's... I've, yeah, neem oil, that's what I'd go with, but you're going to have to do it about weekly or, I, you know, it probably might, it might be enough once a month if you really get a good okay. spray in there. And, uh, you know, you might wear uh, just a mask. It's, I, I've read that it's not that good to breathe the oil too much. If you're really in there tight, spraying like mad, trying to get under the leaves, Probably wouldn't be a bad yeah. idea just to wear something so you're not breathing a ton of oil right into your lungs. But otherwise, don't fear it at all. It's just a vegetable oil. So, okay. Well, hey, I'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I hope I hope it works for you because I I have a lot of friends that are pulling out a lot of their roadies now. I, I'll give you a big tip though. 
And that is if you can find uh, rhododendrons that have indomentum, that fuzzy stuff under the leaves, uh, the lace bugs don't like that. And you don't see near the problems with those. And there's some really cool-looking roadies, too. So you might start, if you've got to replace some, try and find some of those yaks and other ones that uh, that have that in the minimum. And I think that might solve the problem for you. All right. Well, I might be finding some new roadies. Yeah, it's a pain in the kazootski, but sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do, you know. Yeah. 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 All right. right. Well, good luck, Jared. Yeah, I appreciate your help. All right. Okay, talk to you another time. Okay, hey, listen, we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this, 97.3 Cairo FM. Welcome back, Garden with Cisco. Okay, we're in the last uh, section of the show. If uh, you wanted to get a question answered, you'd have to call right away. So one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. So, uh, but you'd fly right in too. But luckily, I have some very interesting emails, and one that I got to admit, I might be stumped on this a little bit. <laughs> so I got an email from Cheryl. She said, all right, we had a big problem in a lot of our ornamental beds with snails. They had gazillions of them, and they were eating a lot of her plants, and she started using the new, much safer slug bait with iron phosphate as the main ingredients. There's sluggo, escargot, worry-free, and uh, so, uh, you know, it's not— the problem got a lot less serious because they nailed a lot of them. You got to be persistent as can be. And don't ever let your pup get into a bag of that stuff. That can be serious because they can develop a f- taste for it. But if they nibble a little around a plant, probably not too serious. So uh, then she noticed something was really chewing the livid tweedle out of the leaves of her cherry tree. And she didn't know what it was. They took a close look. The snails are all up in the tree eating the leaves. I have seen this a number of times. I remember I was over on, uh, I think I was up in Canada on on, uh, Vancouver Island. And I was looking at this tree thinking, what the heck is wrong with this tree? There were no leaves, but it was still green, you know, the, the bark. And then I saw there were like eight billion snails up there. They'd eaten every leaf off the tree. This is a serious problem. <laughs> so how did she's like, what do I do about this? Well, here's the problem. Okay, for sure you're going to want to have slug bait near the base of the tree. That's uh, something you, you're, you're going to have to do no matter what. You might put some beer traps down there, you know, some cash cheese containers. You just put them on the on the soil surface and you punch you cut three or four one inch holes and then put about a half inch of beer in there and put the lid back on you'll catch some with that too but uh you know what do you do if they're up there in the tree chomping away they're gonna stay there you know they're not coming down to eat some slug bait or get caught in a trap so what i was gonna recommend is putting a band of copper around the tree 
So you could put some plastic wrap around the tree, and then you know you could buy there's there is uh, there is copper tape you could put around, or you can actually buy real copper that you could put around the tree. It has to be three inches of copper. No snail or slug will cross that because uh, you know they move. Their stomach is where all their muscles are that makes them move. And when they cross copper and they also, you know, get some of that slime out as they're doing it, it creates an unbelievable amount of static electricity and they get the shock of history. It doesn't kill them, but you should see the look on their beady little eyes when they get the shock. I love it. They fall right off. They'll never cross copper. The problem is if you trap the ones down so they can't go up, the ones up can't come down. So this could be a problem. So uh, here's what I think you should do, Cheryl. If you've, if you've got a partner, try and persuade them to climb the tree and pick them off. <laughs> I don't think you want to try this yourself. You could even hire a tree service to come out and get all those doggone snails out of there. This is going to cost an arm and a leg, I'm sure. But if they just knock them off, then you put that copper on the trunk, you will totally stop those snails from going back up. So, uh, you know, I, I, if you do have a partner, I recommend promising a really good Brussels sprout casserole for this hard work because uh, – <laughs> No, I don't think anybody just climbing could do it. I mean, you're going to almost need a tree service to come up if this is a big tree. But if you get that, co- if you can get them out of there, you put that copper on, I guarantee that'll solve the problem 100%. You want that copper down really close to the ground, you know. So, and I'm not sure if copper would do any harm to the plant. I don't think so. But what I would probably do is uh, put saran wrap or plastic wrap around the tree and then put the copper on that. And you might take that off and put it in a new spot now and then, you know. You don't want to cause any problems with fungus or anything on the trunk. So, uh, But I think that would solve the problem. It's just a matter of how in the world are you going to get those uh, snails out of the tree. And that is not going to be easy or cheap. Oh, la, la. So uh, everybody, if you've got a big snail problem, you've got some cool trees, keep an eye on them. Don't let those snails get up in the tree. Because <laughs> if they do, you're going to have really, really big problems. Oh, man. Hey, I hope some of you catch me on that national radio show on NPR, 8 o'clock uh, Tuesday. I'm really excited about uh, being on a national show like that. I hope lots of you catch me on New Day Monday because uh, those members of the Campanula family, uh, Lobelia, are incredible. There's so many new kinds, you will believe it. Okay, Brian, thank you, my friend. All right, everyone, enjoy this wonderful weekend. Uh, eat your Brussels sprouts. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.